Are you an enthusiastic wine drinker but sweat uncontrollably over a restaurant list from Albarino to Zweigelt? Set aside your fears, relax, and start enjoying wine without worry. Here's your host, Jameson Fink. Extremely windy day outside here in Portland, Oregon. I'm standing in the driveway of the house of my friends, Mary Kressler and Sean Martin. And there is not a car parked in the driveway. As a matter of fact, it's taken up by something for me far more interesting and able to create delicious things. So how did you get to the point where you have a, a competition smoker parked in your driveway? How did this happen? I think it's the intersection of obsession and passion. I'm tr- still trying to figure out where the delta is, but uh, probably about eight years ago, um, I bought a, a pellet smoker. Um, and my day job is pretty uh, pretty intense. I work in the insurance industry, and I'm on the road all the time and on call all the time. And one of the things that I realized pretty quickly about barbecue and grilling to some extent is that I can't control the temperature and the cooking. It really controls me and all I can do is adapt. And so over the years, uh, we just continued to perfect the barbecue and the backyard grilling um, experience. And and then uh, in a whim, we entered a contest uh, which uh, featured our smoked pork tenderloin and we actually won first place in the contest. Uh, And that was some of the seed money to start buying what we see out front, which is a one ton behemoth offset smoker which I use for uh, everything from catering to uh, whatever I want to do with it. So do people drive by in your neighborhood and they're like what the hell and stop or does it uh, are your neighbors very curious? Oh the neighbors first of all I love our neighbors for the record. Um, <laughs> Duly noted. Yeah I just love the fact that when that smoker goes on uh, everybody congregates. People I don't really know, people I know really well, uh, some people I want to get to know more um, and it's become kind of a communal experience. And uh, with my first attempt at competing uh, this summer, uh, it was a great opportunity for me to uh, ask people if they want to bring a protein, I'll cook it as I get experience and practice and try and look at different people's styles uh, and how they prefer their, their meat. So uh, if the neighbors uh, know I'm cooking and they want to bring something over, I'm happy to cook it for them. And, We've had police stop, and and just uh, at at first I thought, oh gosh, did I break a code? Uh I mean, I've got a (laughs) one-ton smoker in front, and so I kind of got ready to get arrested, and that didn't happen. He was just wondering when the the open house was, so I could start (laughs) serving him. Well, um, I'm going to shift to Mary. I want to ask you a question about the wine we're drinking, and um, tell us what we have in the glass right now. We're drinking the 2009 Soder Brut Rosé. It's a sparkling wine from the Willamette Valley. It's one of... My favorite bubbles from the region. A.K.A. Soder Pop. Soder Pop, yes. Affectionately said so. Yes, and it's a fantastic, fantastic winery. I actually just visited there to do their formal tasting for the first time yesterday, so they're actually on to their 2010 vintage of this, but I really thought this one would lean itself better with the food because it's pretty fruity and vibrant and delicious. I really like it with the smoked salmon dip. Well, I think sparkling rosé, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but like one of the most versatile food wines, period. Is it? Do you think it's a, a good barbecue wine in general for um, brisket or uh, really anything that comes off the smoker? I, I think so, absolutely. Because especially something like this, which the style is pretty fruity, um, I think between the fruit and the acidity and the vibrancy, it really can 
stand up to things like pulled pork and brisket and just foods that have kind of equally vibrant flavors. And it's really versatile. So it's it's got acidity, can cut through creamy things and kind of fatty things, but it's also fruity. It's super versatile and we can kind of sip on it throughout some of these courses just to see what you think, how, how you think they pair with them. Yeah, and I think smoke might be kind of like a curveball mm-hmm. as far as wines go. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't object to like a tall boy of, of Rainier or PBR with my smoked meats, sure. but I think that might be a wine pairing conundrum for some people. What are some other um, wines besides sparkling rosé that you find work well with like strongly smoked meats flavored? Well, it depends on how strong you smoke or meat. Mm-hmm. One of our philosophies, which we'll talk to Sean more about, mm-hmm. is that we don't like that super intense, heavy smoke. I don't right. really want people to leave my house feeling like they just left a campfire and uh-huh. they need to go change their clothes and uh-huh. take a good shower. Right. We make our food with really milder smoke influence, which lends itself better to wine pairing. Um, but that being said, if you want your really heavy, crazy, smoky, then mm-hmm. you're going to need a wine that has power um if you are more towards our style which has a really nice smoke influence it really lends itself to a wider variety of wines you really don't need like a really heavy um syrah for instance or like you don't need to pair our ribs with a jammy zinfandel because they're not covered in doused in sauce and really heavily heavily smoked in a really intense mesquite flavor um so it really depends on the protein for me, mm-hmm. which we are going to be, if you want, we can open anything from Riesling with our smoked food to Pinot Noir to we have a Beaujolais. Um, I really appreciate lighter style red wines, and so we cook foods that can pair well with lighter style red wines. Mm-hmm. Sean, he's, you know, one of his favorite wines is Cabernet Sauvignon, and mm-hmm. we can make... You know, the um, tri-tip we're going to have today could easily pair with a really good Cabernet Sauvignon. So you can be, you can be versatile, just yep. like it doesn't, just because it's smoke doesn't mean it all has to be like super in your face, aggressive, heavy, powerful flavors. Mm-hmm. And I would like to mention that we are in, uh, we're at your home. It's a functioning household. We've got two rambunctious twin boys here too. Um, what do, sort of the, are the boys into smoked meats? Do they really get into what comes off the smoker? Yes. And unfortunately, as trying to be the healthy person in the family, trying to get them to eat their vegetables, they now request steak sandwiches for dinner on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. With a side salad, right? No. <laughs> if it's mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and, does mac and cheese count That's as a salad? Uh, it depends. No comment? <laughs> no, they yeah, you're not, you're not on trial here. I just want you to know that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely get into it. They get in the way a lot, uh-huh. but they get really excited so mm-hmm. they see what we're cooking and they want to try it so if anything they, they will at least try what we're cooking which every parent wants their kids to at least try something first and if they don't like it then but they unfortunately have sean's palate of carnivorous meat they like to eat lots of meat and bread mm-hmm. for the record we do have tofu sitting right here That's on the true. table. That's true. I'm looking at it right now. I can and verify there is tofu. This is intended to try and appeal to a broader palate base. It's not vegan, but I'll get there someday. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I, what's exciting is that we've made it into a lifestyle. So I think the kids right now are learning to respect the fire. They're helping to put the the wood uh, into the smoker or turning it on, if mm-hmm. I use the, uh, the pellet smoker. Um, and they're getting... Uh, exciting moments where they're trying to figure out their own palate. So when they say steak sandwiches, it's anything from brisket to pork. 
they definitely know the difference between chicken and mm-hmm. anything that's not chicken. If right. it's not chicken, it's steak. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's pretty exciting, and they have fun, and they're playing outside, and when you're cooking for anything from 5 to 15 hours, it's just nice to, to be able to celebrate it with the family, and, um, and it's fun to see them getting into it. All right, well, I'm really looking forward to uh, what comes off the grill as the day progresses and what bottles we open. You're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jameson Fink. So we're wrapping up the barbecue extravaganza with some uh, pulled pork and some tri-tip. And we've moved into some uh, red wine territory. And we're drinking, um, we're having a Pinot Noir from Oregon, the North Valley, and a uh, Cru Beaujolais, Fleury. And um, they're actually, well, they're lighter style reds. Uh, you would think with tri-tip and pork that we'd break out the big guns and the big burly wines. But um, Mary, why do you like wines like Pinot Noir and, and Gamay with, with barbecue as opposed to like more powerhouse reds? I think for the type of food we cook anyway, um, I want you to be able to taste the food and the wine. I don't want one to overpower the other. And quite often with barbecue, well, the barbecue itself can be really sweet and rich or spicy and overpowering in itself. So that needs a wine rich and overpowering, kind of like a really jammy Zinfandel. But I really enjoy drinking Pinot Noir and I enjoy drinking wines like the Beaujolais we're drinking that you might consider lighter, but these examples are actually not as light as you might imagine. Um, the Beaujolais, example, for example, from Fleury is actually quite quite big. It's pretty rich, yeah. I'm surprised. It's pretty rich, and it's actually a little smoky, which actually makes it yeah. really perfect. For, yeah, it's um, really nice with the tri-tip. Yeah, with the smoked tri-tip, which actually the tri-tip came out a little smokier than I'm used to, so it's a really great example. I would rather have something like that than like a Syrah or something really rich that might kind of take the attention away from the meat. So in a situation like this, I want both of them to be able to have their day, you know, their day in light. I want the meat to be able to shine. I want the wine to be able to shine. And I love Pinot. I live in Oregon. I want to be able to enjoy food that works with the wines that I'm surrounded by. And I really like Pinot. And this specific Pinot is from a warmer vintage, a fruitier vintage, a kind of richer vintage of Pinot Noir in Oregon. So that style of Pinot really works with pork. It really works with kind of richer, you know, bigger flavors. Um, So for me, my preference is to drink wines that I like to drink with the food I like to make, and that's lighter style, not so intense meat, but also it really works with this style of wine, which is not that intense in your face. You don't really need um, a wine to, de- you know, to mute tannins. You know, you don't need a tannic wine because this, the fat in these kinds of meats are really um, drowned away in the cooking process. Yeah, they just melt away. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've discovered here is that, look, we've enjoyed uh, sparkling rosé, uh, a Sirtico from Santorini, Pinot Noir, Beaujolais, and the world of barbecue and smoked meats and vegetables is diverse and you can enjoy pretty much uh, almost any wine with it they're a little bit interchangeable and so i just say just like with anything else don't pigeonhole barbecue to a uh, zinfandel and and big powerful wines and one thought i'd like to uh, ask sean about to leave us on is that so for the uh the person who thinks that uh barbecue is uh, like a grilled chicken breast drowned in some uh you know, bottled barbecue sauce. Uh, how do you, how do you, what advice would you have for us people who aspire to, uh, you know, maybe someday have a, a giant smoker parked in their driveway? 
Well, I think I think the most important thing is while there are styles that we should respect, whether it's the Carolina, Memphis, or Texas, cook what you love. And for us, it's about making balanced wines, not a whole lot of sauces. And I and I think it's about experimenting. Uh, I mean, today um, we have tofu, we have baba ganoush, we have a whole litany of different types of things that you wouldn't historically think about and and I would and I would encourage people to find their passion around what foods do you like to eat try putting some wood smoke on it uh, whether it's on the grill or, or a long and slow barbecue process and frankly you don't need to spend a whole lot of money on a barbecue you can use a 22 inch Weber kettle which costs less than eighty dollars you could probably find it at a garage sale for twenty and you can do the same thing that that you do with a ten thousand dollar smoker so I think that uh, the most important thing is encouraging people to find the, the way that they like to express the types of foods and make it uh, an experiment and uh, not get cut up in the sauces and, and, and just chicken, but, but really focus on what do you like to eat and, and put some wood smoke on it. All right, so balanced wines, balanced food, and uh, don't be afraid to experiment. I think that's great advice for, for cooking and drinking. So uh, thanks, Sean and Mary, for having me in your home again and all this wonderful food. And um, now let's drink some bourbon. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for coming to the house. My pleasure. <laughs>